0: Hello, friends. This is Dave Pasqualone with the Remarkable People Podcast, Season 1, Episode 8, with our friend, Jake Jackson. The Remarkable People Podcast. Check it out. The Remarkable People Podcast. Listen, do, repeat for life. Hey, Jake. Thanks for being here today.
1: Yeah, no worries, David. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, it's uh, good to talk to you outside of
0: business. <laughs> Absolutely. We did a lot of emailing over the last few months. Uh, and just so you as the listener know, Jake and I met because I was doing some consulting work and one of our clients had a really unique solution they needed. The solutions we were finding were quarter million dollars and up. So what we ended up doing was taking several plugins and putting them together to design the solution they needed. And out of all of the vendors and solutions, Jake was by far the most on top of things, the most friendly, the most customer service oriented. When I had four other vendors tell me it was impossible, Jake figured out how to make it happen. And he didn't just stay in his little world of his product and his company, he helped us bridge the gap between the others. So, Jake, I really appreciate that. And that kind of led into our friendship. So, again, thank you for being here today.
1: Yeah, yeah, no worries. And um, so when you say plugins, i just like to clarify that's WordPress plugins.
0: Yep, exactly. Jake has an amazing company, and he's providing solutions around the world to companies just like the one I was consulting with. But Jake has a bigger story. And that's what I'm really excited to talk to you about today and let Jake share. So just like all of our other shows, Jake's going to take over. He's going to talk about his past and what he had to face and overcome, how he got to overcome that so it can help all of us as well. Then also the exciting part we'll jump back into that company where you are today and where you're going in the future and how we can help you hit your goals. Sound good? Sounds good to me, David. All right, buddy, then let's you you take the mic. It's you. Tell us your <laughs> tell us your story. My story, I think I'd like to talk
1: about uh, when my my son was first born. So he's now a bit over a year and a half old. And um, I was basically running my business as a micro business. I worked on it full time and I had another developer work on it part time. But around the time my son was born, business was starting to blow up and I wasn't keeping up with the demand. So I was working very, very long hours trying to adjust to a newborn baby and my wife obviously had uh, stopped working to care for our new son and so I had the pressure of a single income household and lack of sleep on top of that. It really became overwhelming for me. I, uh, I didn't adjust well. My work-life balance just completely completely off. And so I, I started suffering a lot from depression, post, postpartum depression. I think that's the, the, the term for when mom, new mums uh, get depression and then there's a different term for, for men. But um, that would be probably the, the closest medical description for it. And yeah, I, I basically had a big breakdown where I basically stressed so much over trying to run the business and make, make money to support my family and... At the same time, try and bond with this new baby that had come into our lives that, at the time, it was, for me, uh, really hard. I I struggled to bond with this child. Uh, All I could see was this crying little little thing that took a huge chunk out of my time, and I couldn't run the business to support my family. So that was a huge challenge for me to overcome, Uh, and it took me about 12 months to get back to uh, a healthy healthy mindset uh, and that was through medication and talk therapy. A huge lifestyle' change actually. I also grew my business in in that year internally so we now hire five amazing Philippine workers, uh, remote workers and that's taken huge pressure off me and allowed me to get that work-life balance that I was sorely sorely missing prior to my son being born. Uh, now I get to spend a lot more time with my family. My wife's back at work now, three days a week. So that's taken uh, pressure off financially as well. I'm, I'm not solely responsible for supporting everyone, which I'm very thankful for. My staff now have actually helped the business grow probably by about 25% in the last 12 months just because we can increase our throughput in terms of the products and services that we offer our clients. So yeah, I'm 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 definitely in a lot better position now than I, than I
0: was a year and a half ago. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome, man. So you when you are going through this as a husband and father as well, I understand that overwhelming pressure we feel sometimes like, man, we got to work to take care of our family, but then when we're home we have to take care of our family, but that balance is really hard to establish and trying to be growing an organization at the same time and managing the affairs and taking care of clients, it can become disproportionately balanced very quick. So when all this was going on, I'm taking it, did your wife's relationship and yours also deteriorate to it as well?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, the first six months was really hard on our, our relationship. We actually um, we got married on Christmas Eve uh, this time last year in a surprise wedding Um, so we invited all our friends and family over for a Christmas Eve party and then when they got there we told them hey can you guys come down over here there's a there's a surprise and they thought it was like Secret Santa I was standing there with a with a big sign up saying welcome to our
0: our wedding oh man that's awesome
1: yeah it was it was it was really really great and uh and a lot of fun and then after Christmas and New Year's where, you know, the holiday period's over and it's set back into work. That's when um, our relationship really started getting, getting affected because I was back at work, back during those long hours. And my son was starting to teethe, so he was struggling with these sleep patterns. And my wife was up uh, a lot during the, during the nights and not getting the sleep she needed uh, to function as an adult. Yeah, we, we grew we grew apart. Quite a lot. It, it, it wasn't very nice time for us as a family. Charlie's my my first son, uh, our first our first child together. So it was a major adjustment for everyone. You know, she's going through changes in her body with childbirth as well, and having image problems. So the intimacy just just wasn't. We we, didn't, we weren't intimate. We were just like two people just trying to keep this baby alive together. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But we weren't nurturing our relationship as a couple.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. They write a thousand books a year on what to do before you're expecting, and you know how to prepare for the baby. I didn't see one book on what you do when you take the thing home. It would, it was like, what do I do? How do I even wash this kid? It's crazy. Yeah, the uh, the
1: the diaper changes is certainly something to get used to.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. And the
1: difference—I got you have a daughter yet, or just no, no, just just the one boy.
0: Just the one boy, Charlie. Okay, yeah, no, man. Once you have your first daughter, it's a whole different world too, man. The whole process is different. So it's like we need somebody out there listening to write a book on what to do when you take the baby home. That's the important part.
1: Yeah, a men's, a men's support group post, post-child.
0: post <laughs> Yeah, instructions, instructions, step-by-step. Step, right? Yeah,
1: where's my instruction manual? They, they give you one for your car. Where's the one for the baby?
0: <laughs> exactly, right? So... You and your wife, obviously having a baby is difficult and then growing a business is difficult and being newly married is difficult. And you're doing all three of these at once. So you hit a low and you're really just, you know, everything's out of balance, but you're still got to keep paying the bills. So where are you from there? Like, how do you start emerging from this?
1: Uh, well, I think it was, it was after I hit rock bottom.
0: Define your rock bottom too, because everybody's perception is different.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, um, rock bottom for me was probably six six months after my son was born. I was on my front deck holding him in my arms, and he was crying. I just, I just didn't know how to how to make him happy. Uh, emotionally, I was drained, exhausted. There was nothing left in the tank. I just didn't. I just felt worthless as a as a husband, a father, a, a human being my brain went for looking for an escape so suicide was a lot on my mind at that time where your brain just just looks for that out how can i how can i make this better and that was the only out i could see at the time and so that was that was really rock bottom for
0: me i'm glad you didn't listen to those bad thoughts man me too yeah uh, <laughs> it was
1: i'm glad i had the support around me that i needed to work through work through those mental challenge issues Uh, that I was facing and, um, and come out the other side in a much better, healthier and healthier place.
0: Amen. Amen. Yeah. And can you talk about that support? So there's a lot of people I was just talking to a friend and then another friend and, you know, right now in America and I think it's global. Teenagers are at an all time high for depression and suicide and that's carrying through every age bracket but especially the teenagers in America. Is it like that in Australia as well?
1: Uh, I'm not sure of the exact statistics of it. Uh, okay. I, I anecdotally want to say yes. Uh, that's the impression I get from reading the news and things like that, but um, I have no specific data to back it up. I've suffered from depression all my adult life, so I've, I've got treatment in one form or another to help me with that.
0: And that's where I was going with that, with the support. So there's people of all ages right now that are struggling with depression. There's people of all backgrounds and demographics. It's not rich. It's not poor. It's not fit. It's not fat. It's not, you know what I mean? It, anybody can struggle from this. So what kind of support and help, how did you emerge? How did you get through this and turn that corner?
1: Well, the first thing I did was um, open up to my struggles to to my wife and and my closest family, Uh, my father uh, and my, my auntie, we all live together on a 22 acre split house property. So that was the, the first step is to acknowledge out loud that I've got an issue to, to verbalize it because you get so lost in your head sometimes thinking these negative thoughts, these negative emotions, and you might project that on your friends and family, other people and it just warps your perception of the real world. You know, you might think that your colleagues laugh at you behind your back or, or, or some action that you did was an accident. You know, now you think that they hate you forever <laughs> kind of thing. Completely illogical when you, when you actually verbalize it and have a chat with that person and realize, hey, it's, it's water off a duck's back. It's, it's fine.
0: They didn't think about it twice and you've obsessed about it for two weeks. We've all been there.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, um, giving, giving it, uh, voicing the problem to, to people that you trust was, was the first big step for me to make them realize that, hey, there's, I'm, I'm really struggling and I need, I need some more support. So that was, that was the first step. And that, that helped reconnect my wife and me, our relationship, because that was a big, big rift between us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, when you sense something's wrong with your partner, but there's no communication there. Uh, it just it creates that, that rift. And that was, that was part of the problem why we were struggling as well. Because we're both, both going through a lot of emotion, emotional stuff.
0: Yeah, you're young. You're newly married. You get all this stuff going on. You get a baby. And man, I love my kids. But when they screamed and you have no break, it can drive anybody insane. Forget yep. waterboarding. We need to just put people in rooms with children. Oh, yeah, I I wouldn't <laughs> wish that on anyone. <laughs> I know, right? Just Guantanamo Bay, we could change the whole world. Just put them in a nursery and just make them like, listen to it. They'll give us any secrets we need.
1: Yeah, actually, uh, my wife sent me a video because I'm currently visiting the US for a week. Uh, I'm visiting the Gravity Forms office, which is um, the software my plugin is built on top of. So I'm over in uh, Virginia. It's the first time I've been away from my family for an extended period of time. So my son is really not coping with that at all. She sent me a video last night of uh, him just chucking the biggest tantrum I've ever heard. Oh no! Uh, like I, he never, he never screams like that. Uh, it was, it was like wow. Well, good news is he loves his dad. <laughs> yeah. Bad news is your wife's alone. Yeah. So she's, um, she's gonna need a little holiday after I get home. I think. <laughs>
0: Um. (laughs) that's awesome all right man well so step one was uh, voice your struggles to the people you trust and you trust is huge because a lot of people will give you really bad advice or they're going to manipulate it or they're going to you're going to be vulnerable and love and they're going to exploit it but what you said is voice it to people you trust so what was that second step for you
1: so the next step for me was going back to the doctor and, and saying hey we need to revisit my mental health plan. Uh, I'm not sure what it's like in the US, but in Australia, we um, we have a mental health plan. Uh, that the the GP does a an assessment of you and then makes appropriate recommendations based off that. When I did that, we um, we decided to change my medication. I I switched to a different SSRI antidepressant, and then I got a referral to a um, psychologist who who specialised in talk therapy. So I made an appointment with him and and basically started a talk therapy about uh, all all the problems I've been having and um, to, to get professional advice on how to work through the, the emotions and the issues and the negative thoughts and the anxiety and the depression. And so between that and the, um, the medication change, I just had to uh, persevere. And I think a lot of it is – is is comes down to sheer willpower. You've you've got to try. You've got to want to to change. Um, the uh, the tools like like drugs or or, or therapy uh, are just that they're tools, and you have to yourself make the most of of them. Um, you know, there's there's no quick fixes here. It takes a, a lot of work to dig yourself out of that hole. That's why you need that support you know, from your, from your friends and family as well. So when you're not talking to your therapist, you, you've got, you've got your loved ones to support you when, when things are getting a bit rough.
0: Yeah. Kind of keep you accountable. They see you yeah. drift in. Well, actually speak about this. Cause you mentioned talk therapy. Some people have no concept of what that is. They've never heard of it. And it sounds like we just sit there and talk. So explain just briefly what is talk therapy?
1: Yeah. Well, it, basically you do, you sit there and talk. Eventually you you you're talking about those innermost thoughts, the the demons that are in your head uh all the time that you that you won't verbalize to anyone because you know it's it's you think it's crazy or it's 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 just something that the thoughts are so negative that it makes you sick to vocalize it.
0: So you're in a safe place with a professional whose experience you feel open to share and yeah. you can kind of help be navigated through this.
1: Yes. Yeah, that's right. Um so you can share all those emotions. We can sit down. We can have a chat. Uh, it took me a long time to build up to sharing those innermost thoughts. I think it was at least six or seven sessions, uh, hour-long sessions, to build a rapport with my therapist and um, start opening up. Because um, you know they're they're not the sort of things that, well, for me, that I, I talk about with with anyone.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, most of us won't because we get put in that place of. Like you mentioned before, it's almost like a shame or there's something wrong with me or I'm sick and other people aren't thinking these thoughts. But the truth is anybody can have any thought. And it's, are we allowing that to fester and grow in our brain and the acknowledgement that everybody has thoughts that are good, bad, ugly, and everything in between. Uh, So that's excellent that you were able to, you know, like you said, it takes time. There's no quick fix. And it took six or seven sessions, but you found out that that therapist was someone you could trust and open up to
1: yeah and uh, I mean um, it wasn't i mean it, it can be quite stressful going to talk about these things uh, and the the therapist I went and actually saw he was really understanding about that and and one of the sessions we didn't even talk about my emotions at all we we talked about music um, he plays the saxophone and and I played the saxophone, so we had a common ground to to nice. share some things. And and the whole session, we just talked about music and jazz and playing the saxophone. And yeah, it was it was just a really nice nice session. And I came out of that just feeling quite good, quite happy. Because what ends up happening is you just focus on these negative emotions so much, it starts you, th- you feel like it starts becoming who you are. Um, so it's really nice to enjoy yourself and and talk about something you love doing and and feel that happiness again to to break that cycle of negative thought. So yeah, that was, that was quite helpful for me.
0: And would you, uh, if for people out there listening who are thinking, okay, I, I acknowledge I need help. I can't keep going on like this. And they're looking for a mental health professional or medical professional. Do you have any tips for, you know, what to look for, what not to look for? Cause I always think of the joke, um you know what do you call a doctor that graduates first in his class uh, a doctor <laughs> exactly what do you call a doctor that graduates last in his class uh, a, a doctor yeah a doctor <laughs> exactly so there's is it, it, there's good and bad in everybody so to find a good one who's going to help you not just take your 125 dollars an hour do you have any tips on that
1: um well i, I talk first talk to your the gp the 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 person who's going to give you the referral and discuss what kind of therapy that you're interested in. Because there's all different types of specialties. Um, my wife went and saw someone who specialised in family therapy, women who've just had babies. I went and saw someone in, uh, who specialised more in anxiety and depression. And then you've got male, female and and different personalities. Um, so my advice would be just make an appointment, go go see them. The first session is about seeing if you and your therapist are going to connect you're going to be able to open up and and don't be afraid to if if that session doesn't go well to to find another one try a different therapist because you don't get along with everyone in the world and the same goes for your doctor yeah you want to you want to find someone who you can you can open up with and talk with and that's i mean they don't have Yelp for doctors that I'm aware of, uh, in, in Australia anyway, maybe, maybe they do in, in the U S yeah, for me, it was, it was just a trial and error thing. And I'm actually in, in a country town in Australia. So there's not a huge amount of choice for me anyway, but I, uh, I I did actually try therapy when I was a lot younger and, and it just, it didn't fit well for me, the my, me and my therapist. and, And I didn't go back and see a different therapist and, and i just continued the fight the good fight uh which uh in retrospect looking back at it now it's probably not the way i should have gone about it but um you were being, trying yeah, to
0: tough it out tough yeah, it out and being i
1: being can... young and naive and you know uh, there's a bit of a stigma about mental health especially with well for me as a uh younger uh when i was younger um that you just don't talk about these things you you, you put on a brave face and you just get on with life um, and i tried that for a long time and it and it it really just wasn't working for me so um i'm glad i i went back and and gave another shot when i was a bit older
0: yeah and it sounds like that saxophone session really changed things like it really bonded the two of you and opened things up and you felt that wall come down where you could engage with him
1: Yes. Yeah, definitely. So, um, you know, the first few sessions actually, he, he did a lot of the talking and I didn't, I didn't do so much talking. It was, it was, he understood that, that therapy is about, especially when you're first starting about creating that bond. It actually worked really well for me because I don't want it for the first session. I don't want to go see a therapist and start talking about my innermost thoughts (laughs) and spilling (laughs) my guts with someone I have no idea about, no clue what they do, what, what their life is about. Like, uh, for me, yeah, it was that, that third session where we were just talking about, uh, saxophones and music and building that bond that, that, um, that was a turning point for me, I think. And it was, yeah, it was very helpful.
0: And let's talk also, if you don't mind about the medication, because there's a stigma in the States, I think in most places where if you take a medication to help with an issue Uh, Some people look up on it. Some people look down on it. Some people feel weak if they take medicine. Some people think, no, I need this. So what's your position on taking the medication? Because my perspective is we all have to dig to the core of our problems and rip it out by the root. And in the process, sometimes we need that help if it's in a situation, like you said, you're having suicidal thoughts or things that are life-threatening or serious. You could harm yourself or others um so i'm never going to say medication you shouldn't be on or but i'm also not going to say you should live on this the rest of your life you've experienced it you've seen it help you can you talk about the journey i'm sure there's medicine medicine you've tried that didn't work there's medicine medicine that did work what's your position on all this
1: oh i think definitely uh if you can do it without medicine you certainly should and uh you know if you can if you can do talk therapy and you do your exercise and, and change your diet and whatever you need to do to recover without any medicine. Then amazing, great, totally do it. Don't just run straight to, to drugs and think it's going to be think it's going to be a, a quick fix because it's it's not. It's just a another tool in in your arsenal to to assist you. So I was doing all those other tools. I changed my diet. I um, I now don't eat dairy. Uh, and I try to stay clear of gluten because it creates inflammation problems for me, which was affecting my health in terms of how much energy I had. Uh, so I, I did the diet change and now I try and stick to a exercise regime and do meditation and talk to my wife about my feelings and what I've been going through and things like that. So, I I mean, I was doing all that and it uh, it just wasn't, wasn't working for me still, so I, I needed some extra assistance and that's, that's where the medication came in for me. And as far as the right medication with these things, it's, it's something you need to talk with your doctor about. Um, but for me, I've been on one, two, three, four different kinds now um, to try and find the right one at the right dose. And it's just it's just a journey to to find one that's suitable suitable for you, but yeah, that was that was kind of what I had to do to, to find something that's going
0: to work for me. And now you feel like you found something. You found something that helps you.
1: Yes, yeah. So the, the the type of one now is is definitely helping along with all those other tools applied together.
0: And for for you, does your journey look like? When you exercise and when you eat right and when you meditate and when you do those things, it's proven. It's not opinion. That helps 100%. Is your journey as you heal more and more each day to gradually transition off the medicine or is this something that you feel like you'll you'll have to continue with the medicine in addition to healing?
1: Uh, I mean, eventually long term, I would love to be off the medicine, but uh, I'm still not 100% at a... At a stage where I, I feel that I could transition away from that and um, and still cope with everything, uh, when I when I get to the stage where I'm I'm happy that everything's everything's in the right place with me, that I could transition off that, then that's something I, I definitely like to look at. Um, but I'm uh, at this point, I'm not in a in a rush to to do that. I actually tried. Doing that a few years ago, and it, it just resulted in me relapsing significantly. So, um, yeah, I, I now listen to my doctor a bit more. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, they kind of know, they, they, some of them know what they're talking about.
1: They, they know what they're talking about, usually. Yeah. <laughs> All
0: right. Well, yeah. And again, that quick fix, <clears throat> there's no such thing as a quick fix in most situations. So, that's good. You're looking at the long term. Tra- a journey it's a long term journey and you're helping yourself and you're having your friends and loved ones help you um and that's good that you and your wife are doing this together uh so today what's going on in your life today like how are you feeling now where are you what's going on with your business what's going on there
1: yeah well uh like i mentioned i'm in the i'm in the u s for a week visiting the gravity forms office uh and for I me mean, that's a little bit a little bit stressful. That's a uh, peak, some anxiety for me because I'm I it was 30 hours travel from Australia to the east coast and uh, I'm out of my comfort zone I'm in a new location, new, well, it's a 16 hour time zone difference. So I'm, I'm dealing with fatigue and different culture, different people, um, away from my family. So I haven't got my uh, my support right there when I when I need it it's been a a little bit more challenging this week for me than it would be when I'm when I'm back home I'm I'm using all those tools that I mentioned to to keep keep myself healthy I think I'm I'm and I'm in quite a good position now than I than I was a year ago
0: yeah that's awesome I'm happy for you Jake and if the listeners haven't figured out what we've alluded to and we've mentioned it but by that accent you're from Australia, and everybody in America loves it. So you're going to make friends wherever you go, right off the bat.
1: Well, yeah, I've um I've actually been uh met a lot of amazing U.S. people already. Um, we've been Ubering all around the place, uh, and it's been great to talk with uh, a bunch of different people uh, that way because uh, they're about <laughs> twenty minute trips, so we always have a a good conversation. And we uh, the other night we we're coming back from Tempin bowling, and one of my other Australian friends was uh, was joking around with the driver, and he and he asked us where we are, and he said, "Ah, oh, I could tell you, but I'd have to kill you." And I and I and I turned around and I said to him, "Dude, you can't say that in this country. That's just not cool." <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Awesome. Uh, but the but the driver, he was uh, he, he he understood it was a joke, and, and we had a good laugh about it, and and uh, then he was he was telling us all about his life, because uh, he was he grew up in this area, and and what uh, what he did for work, he used to own a trucking company, and and uh, then he retired, and then he had to retire again, and um, now he's driving Ubers because you know it's it's a tough economy.
0: Yeah, you know what's really funny? When you were talking about the therapist and you're like it takes time to build rapport and to build trust, I was gonna make a joke that in America you that's exactly the same unless you're in a taxi cab or the subway. <laughs> <laughs> People just open up and start talking, man. And you that's just, that's
1: great. If if that's if that's what you need for your therapy, go go get your one hour Uber session.
0: <laughs> I know, right? You may not get a qualified listener, but hey, you'll get you'll get to yeah, vent yeah. out. That's right. You'll get you'll get a listener. Uh, and, I mean, <laughs> they don't have to be qualified. It's
1: like when you when you talk to your wife, if, if that's what you like to do, do it. You know, uh, it's it's about trying to trying to have that balance and strike do things that you love doing. And if you want to talk to the Uber, Uber driver, <laughs> talk yeah. to your Uber driver.
0: And like, we're kind of jumping around a bit. And that's my fault. I'm, I'm new to podcasting and interviewing. So forgive me. But I want to talk about If you, you, to your comfort level, your childhood, and this is, and I don't want to be like all Freudian, go lay on a couch and talk about your mom and feelings you have with cocaine in your nose. But what I'm saying is, I grew up in a more uh, broken environment. And when all that was going on, man, I didn't have a quote unquote normal childhood. A lot of pressure, a lot of stress, a lot of responsibility. It wasn't like, a childhood it was more like survival in a lot of ways so i've always struggled with uh depression and not that i've like been to the point of other people but i have this like sadness that i carried around and th- through christ and through god i found peace and freedom from that that doesn't mean i don't have problems and there's been serious problems in my adult life that man have brought me to low places now thankfully i've always had God with me, and I felt that peace and that joy that I can't explain, even at the lowest point. However, why I'm bringing that all up? A lot of the struggle I have now in doubts, like you said, demons. You use that term. That's something I use all the time. I even made a T-shirt that says, "Like I don't, I don't run. I chase. I chase my fears. I chase my doubts. I chase my demons. I chase my dream. I chase my destiny. I'm not letting these demons torment me anymore. I'm going after them. Right? So." when you're going through your life and you have all these thoughts do you feel like some of that stemmed from your upbringing or do you feel like that's just how you were wired what's your your story
1: oh definitely i think the past certainly defines our future and for me i've got a uh, like to uh, call it the little black box where uh in my earlier years where i didn't know how to Deal with emotions uh, for the situation I was in, I would put it in my box and uh, you know lock the box, chuck it away, forget about it and I'm only now just starting to unpack that box with uh, and, and trying to deal with those past um, those past emotions uh, the best way that I can and and face them head on you know like you said with your t-shirt you're chasing after your demons so I'm trying to chase after find a way to accept my past and move forward from that uh, and realise that that can either define who I am or I can let it go and and forge a new path. So that's what I'm, uh, I'm also working through as well is, is trying to uh, handle that. And, uh, I mean, I had a bit of a broken childhood too. Uh, my parents divorced when I was about 12 and then... Um, Uh, My mother gradually moved further and further away from where we lived. So uh, I saw her less and less and she became less and less as a figure, a mother figure. And and, uh, I mean, today we we touch base maybe once, twice a year. You still alive? Yes. Great. You know, like it's a... uh, I, I wrote her a letter once, and, and basically used the analogy that we were just two observers in each other's lives. It was like wasn't a, a family relationship anymore because just you weren't there for my the the formidable years of my childhood and 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 into adulthood. Um, so yeah, that was a that was a big struggle for me uh, growing up. So, yeah, that, I think that really affected uh, my teen years uh, in terms of my behavior, the, my ability to connect with people um, and make, make friends. I mean, uh, now as an adult, I've only got a, a select few really, really close friends, and that's, that's perfectly fine. Uh, I'm, uh, I don't like being around huge crowds. I, I much prefer having a smaller, intimate dinner where you can get to know someone in more depth than than have a shallow relationship with a heap of different people. So yeah, it's just it's just something I I just try and accept and and keep moving forward. Um looking looking at taking the next step forward instead of instead of two steps back, as it were.
0: Yeah, and that's huge what you said. Um I'm probably gonna piss off a bunch of people here, but it needs to be said uh and- I don't mind saying it. I don't think people take enough thought into the effect of divorce. Now, there are obviously situations where divorce is almost necessary because of adultery or some, you know, things that happen to marriage or break it to what would be seemingly non-recoverable. But I think there's so many people who flippantly get divorced or they don't, it's tough. It's not easy. Holy crap. Two humans in a house. Everybody has their own will. I mean, that's not easy. But um, the impact that the last, you know, 50 years and the popularity of divorce and how easy it is and how flippant it is and the, even the mental health profession. Oh, children are, they, they used to say children are young. They they recover. They they bounce back. It doesn't affect them the same. That's a lie we're all products of that you and i and how many of the listeners today um so i'm really thankful you shared that jake because i grew up a bastard child my parents were never married so i was just with my mom and i had a dad who was very wealthy we grew up very poor and we had no relationship now i love my dad and i love my mom and when i was 20 i started talking to him but that mental impact Literally altered the course of my life, and there's still struggles. And you're saying the same thing. Your your parents divorced when you're 12, and that pain from the distance between you and your mom. And sadly, how many millions of stories are just like ours? So thank you for really sharing that, and then being honest about how you put in the box. You know, the Bible talks about how if you bring things in the light they can heal. That's essentially what you're saying in your own words is you stuck it in a box because you didn't know how to deal with it. You didn't want to face the pain and it caused long-term issues for you. Now through your mental health professional, you're taking that out of the box into the light. You're dealing with the issue. You're dealing with the pain and now you're experiencing the healing and freedom. Is that accurate?
1: Yeah, I would, uh, I would call that accurate. Yeah.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, I know we have different means about it and different things and, you know, some people... Yeah, oh, different different
1: philosophies. Um, yeah. But, but we're basically talking about the same thing.
0: Yeah, and that's... that. And See, that's just it. You and I have talked before. We have a different worldview and that's perfectly fine. We're both... Have, we're humans. We love each other. We respect each other. Um, but to me, all truth... All truth... Truth is truth. It doesn't matter if it's you, me, somebody in Africa, in Iceland... Man, truth is truth. If I jump off a bridge, I'm going to fall at 9.82 meters per second squared, and I'm going to hit the ground, all right? I don't care who you are, what you believe. You're hitting the ground, and you may bounce, but you're going to die. So uh, when it comes to these life truths, it's the same. So I really appreciate you sharing that. And if you're listening now, please, there's things we don't want to face. There's things we don't want to talk about. But you have to realize that if we don't face in, and sometimes we usually we need people to help us. Uh, would you agree with that, Jake? At this point in life, if we've carried that baggage around, we need help to deal with it.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, if you've accumulated that baggage, usually you don't want to deal with it yourself, uh, or you don't have the skill set to deal with it. So you're going to need some sort of help to to recover from that. Uh, if you're not accumulating the baggage, then obviously you don't. You, you're capable. Uh, as a person to process those emotions yourself, uh, that's the way I look at
0: it. Um, oh yeah, I agree. I absolutely agree.
1: But those same people might um, that that don't have that baggage. They, they may be already talking to their friends and family uh, about it. So you know they they may already be utilizing those skills and and might not be just going it alone. So I'm I'm not in that position. So I I can't really <laughs> say. Yeah. That's like uh, grass is always greener on the other side. That's someone, someone over there. I, I don't, I don't like to look over there and and feel envy or, or jealousy. You know, I just like to to focus on what I'm doing and, and keep in my own lane. And so, yeah, I, I can't say either way.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, no, I absolutely, yeah, complete agreement. I'm not saying be jealous or envious of anybody. What I was just saying was that if. I might be an expert at something and I'm fantastic what I do, but I am not an expert at what you do. So if I'm trying to conquer something in in the software world, I'm calling you because you're the expert and I need that help and that guidance. If I was going to climb Mount Everest, I'm going up with a Sherpa or actually I want a team of five to get my like unexperienced butt to the top of the mountain. And then I can come back later and show somebody else how. But I don't want the guy who's poor and living on the street homeless giving me investing advice. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, all right, buddy. Well, today, you're running your company, you're growing. Uh, You said you were outsourcing your, you know, you have employees in the Philippines. That right there, let's switch to business for a while. A lot of people can't give up control. A lot of people can't delegate. And you said you had a hard time doing that. But once you did, talk about, the freedom it's brought you.
1: Yeah. So it was, um, I mean, I've tried in the past to, to outsource some of the work, but uh, I didn't have a a plan. It was kind of like, I'd, I need some help here, come on board and, and help. But it wasn't defined. There was no structure for the staff member at the time. So it was, it was destined to, to fail this time. Um, I actually went to a word camp in Sydney and WordCamp is just a, a, a tech conference for people that use WordPress, um, which is a, a website platform, quite a popular content management system. Yeah,
0: that's that's an understatement.
1: Yeah, yeah, just just for the people who, who aren't aware of what it is.
0: <laughs> I'm just teasing you, man.
1: <laughs> so I I went to uh, WordCamp Sydney and and listened to a talk from Stephanie. Capanella, uh, who's based in Sydney, um, she runs her own uh, business uh, and outsources all her employees to the Philippines. And she did a talk about uh, re- hiring remote workers. Uh, like you said, you, you go talk to a professional when you when you want to do something. So this was a really eye opening experience to really see the steps that you need to implement to successfully hire people and help them or them to help you run your business so i basically used that as a blueprint uh set up policies and procedures and created training courses video series articles on how to do all the things that i needed them to do and then uh i spent about three months uh, vetting my first three staff uh staff members um so Put a, put a few job listings out and accepted resumes, read them, looked at them, emailed them back, asked some questions, put them in the maybe pile, put them in the no pile, set up some interviews, you know, basically what you do to tie any staff anywhere. Yes, yeah, so it was a, it was quite a in-depth process. And it did take me some time uh, once they started to release that control, you know, not be looking over their shoulder every second of the day. Figuratively speaking, of course, since they're working out of the Philippines and <laughs> I'm working out of Australia. But yeah, it is really challenging to let go and have that trust. But because I built all that training material, when they didn't complete a task to what I expected it to be, I could refer, back, refer them back to the, the course material and, and go, this is how I'd like it done. Or we could go have a talk about why they did it this way instead of that way and refine those policies and procedures. So um, I, I'm really thankful about the people I, I did select because they really helped me build that coursework uh, out to something that was going to work for for everyone. Because I'd never done it before, I'd never employed people full time before, i had zero experience doing that. We ended up changing all our internal uh, tooling to assist with project management, um, uh, which was quite a process. We changed our file, uh, our cloud management software from self-hosted to to a, a paid solution that we didn't have to manage, and well, I didn't have to manage.
0: <laughs> That's important.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was, it was basically. Uh, a whole process to, to delegate as much as I could to them. And so I could focus on instead of maintaining the business, I could focus on growing the business.
0: Yeah. And that's so important. Like so many things you said are dead on. Like I'm sure you didn't look forward to all the work of setting up processes and procedures and to, (laughs) to think through all the scenarios of what ifs couldn't happen. But by doing that, by putting in that forethought on that vision and setting boundaries and setting parameters, whatever people want to call it, you created a system like here's a handbook. This is what we do. This is how we do it. And people have that um, security, really, because as an employer, you want to know this is what my people are doing. And as an employee, people want to know this is what I need to do to keep my employer happy. So you were brilliant to do that. That was exactly on target and on spot man spot on so would you agree though that's an ongoing process i don't want our listeners to be disillusioned you're always growing and always changing right
1: yes yeah definitely um and and it's important to keep those policies and procedures updated as well i mean in tech we're we're constantly changing like uh since since they started we we changed how we write some of our software and, and test it so, I've had to go back and I've had to do another course to explain that and dedicate time to allow the staff to uh, do the course and ask questions and and basically uh, I allow time every week for training purposes a couple hours where they can sit down and and review uh, the policies and procedures and and if they're finished doing that, then they can review what's going on in the in the tech world um, because uh. Every time you turn around, there's something new.
0: (laughs) Oh, it's never going to end, just faster and faster. So,
1: uh, I mean, I see that as a a hugely important part of the job. Um, So we make time during working hours to to do that.
0: That's awesome. That's good, strong leadership, buddy. I'm proud of you. So what about in your business? What's one of your proudest moments? What's something you're like, man, I don't want to brag, but I'm so glad this happened or I did this.
1: I think uh, when I first started Gravity PDF, the the software that we developed, it was a it was a side project. I I was actually doing freelance web design and development for clients. So I'd 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 build the whole websites and I'd uh, provide SEO services and and hosting and things like that. And one of my clients asked for the ability to um, send a, a PDF document of their contact form so they could have it in a in a nice format and print it out and at the time there wasn't any solution for that so uh we we created something really simple that did the job and just released it to the to the world to just because it see if it would be useful and it turns out it was useful because users just kept coming back and asking us to to make it bigger and better and customize it and but originally the tool was developer focused. Um, you had to understand and write code to set it up. So I think my proudest moment was when I redesigned that and, and made it user focused so you could just install it and set it up yourself. It was easy, uh, simple. Um, and we actually released that. I released that as a as a free product. Um, so our business runs on a, a freemium business model with an upsell to, um, to custom. PDF services, so we call that bespoke PDFs. But um, I spent over a year and a half developing the user interface and and rewriting the whole software so the the users could do all these things themselves um, with no code knowledge required. And I I feel like that's my proudest moment because I I worked on a long term, something long term, uh, with a goal in mind, uh, quite a – Quite a lofty goal, and I achieved that. Uh, I hit the mark, and uh, today we've got thirty thousand active installations, which is huge for me. Wow! Uh, oh, I, yeah. I, mean, wh- I want to hit. I aimed at a hundred thousand. I'd love to um, hit a hundred thousand users and and grow my grow my team from you know five to ten and, and have some real resources behind behind the software um, that we can. We can help a heap of heap of our customers uh, digitise their paperwork and, and auto generate PDF documents from data they capture on their website. We basically do a whole heap of different custom projects. Like your your project, do you want to talk a bit more about that? What we, yeah, ab- what it was?
0: Absolutely, I definitely want to share with the listeners. If you run a business or a website, or especially if you're a web designer and you're looking for a solution, look at Jake's company, Gravity PDF. Um, the software is truly, like he said, so simple and easy to use. You can, as simple as an install and then a setup, you're done. And then it runs over and over and over again, fully automated solution, taking what could be even sensitive client data and then presenting it back in a secure, attractive format. So what we did with the specific client that Jake and I are referring to is we took information that the sales reps were actually entering on the back end and we converted that into a sales proposal generator system that not only stayed internal, but then printed out an eight-page document, beautiful document, exported with the integration using webhooks that that was really the thing that I needed, Jake. Hey man, I don't even know what a webhook is right now. So he took it, we went to the custom paid service level and he made it happen. So now this company from start to finish, they have a solution they haven't had in 20 years of the organization. And we did it for literally pennies, pennies. And it was great, wonderful service. So I'm not saying that because Jake's my friend. I'm saying it's because it's a truth. So if you're looking for a solution or if you work with clients and they need solutions, I'll put in the show notes, a link to Jake's site, check it out and easily worth every penny and it's not expensive jake i'm i i do not know if you want to talk about pricing because i know there's a difference in every currency but australian dollar to u.s dollar for us it was so inexpensive
1: yeah the, the exchange rate is definitely uh very beneficial for u.s customers at the moment since it's like 30 percent off the the price that we we charge um but uh in terms of how much it costs uh our software runs on top of a Plugin called gravity Forms, so you you first need a, a license for that and they they charge between i think it's 60 us dollars to 260 us dollars for their package
0: and just to define for the listener some people are like i don't care about this i just want to listen to jake overcoming depression but for the business users this is whether you want one site or multiple sites and interface and users so the solution if you have one site one business very very inexpensive and then if you have like if you're a web host, I mean, a web designer with 15 sites or 50 sites, 260 bucks is nothing.
1: Yeah. And you, you also get access to more extensions for, for Gravity Forms with the, the higher tiers. So you can integrate with uh, PayPal and Stripe and, and add quizzes and surveys and things like that on the higher tier. But um, our software works off their, their entry level tier uh, perfectly fine. Um, and our software is completely free to install. Um, so we have, we have add-ons that we can upsell you, um, and paid templates, um, which a template just changes the look and feel of the PDF. So there's some out of the box designs, but the, the project I worked with David on, uh, was what we call a bespoke project, um, where it's fully custom. Our team, takes your, your brief and recommends a solution to you and and give you a price point for that. Um, And that can range from $150 right up to $10,000, depending on the, on the project. And that's Australian. So knock 30% off for your U (laughs) S (laughs) customers.
0: Yeah. It fluctuates based on the day, but that's roughly accurate. So, yeah. So man, Jake, I really appreciate you. And I have a couple more questions if you have the time. but Yeah, we- no worries. Oh, okay, man. That's so awesome. So before we go forward, though, is there anything else like we jumped around a bit? Is there anything else you want to go back to or clarify or add to or something we didn't even discuss that you want to throw out there?
1: I think it's just important to try and set some goals in your life, whether that's in, in business or or in your personal life, especially with your mental health. And they don't have to be big goals, like uh, one of mine is once a week just to take an hour to myself and, and spend some time on me, switch off work, switch off family, do something specifically for me, and, and usually that's uh, play the saxophone. I like to, at lunchtime, just, just break open the sax, play some music, just for myself. And I, I felt so strongly about that goal that I implemented that as a work policy too So all my staff. They choose an hour once a week, and they uh, they spend some time on themselves.
0: Oh man, that's awesome! That's a great leadership and business model. If you're listening and you run a business, maybe prayerfully consider implementing that in your business. Well, if there was something, one thing that somebody told you years ago, that you're like, man, that would have just helped me skip so much pain and trouble. Is there anything like that that rings a bell that you'd want to share with the audience?
1: Uh I mean for me personally I'm I'm quite headstrong and stubborn. So even if I had that advice it, when I was younger, I probably wouldn't have listened to it. Um <laughs> I uh it, it's taken me a long time to um to work through that and, and not listen to that big headedness of, of youth. Uh, I think as I get older, um get a bit wiser. I start. I start listening and taking much more advice from from others um, today rather than uh, when I was a lot younger.
0: Um, <laughs>
1: right. So yeah, even 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 if I was told something back then, I uh, I don't think it would have stuck.
0: So the the advice is maybe listen, just consider it, just consider. Yeah, it.
1: just just consider. People, uh, other people have have a lot of a lot of valuable insight. I think today, if I today, uh, I would say sit down um, and value conversation with with other people. Uh, my uncle just passed away um, about just before Christmas. He did the good fight, but the last couple of years, his health deteriorated significantly, and and um, I just like to to sit down with him and, and, and talk about his life. Uh, he'd love telling this story when he was younger. Uh, he, he got up to some crazy things, but, um, one of his stories was there was this river near his house and, um, what he used to, what, what he did one time was he, um, he strapped some rocks to him, to himself, put them in his pants or something. And he had a really long hose and he wanted to, to walk across
0: the river underwater with a big hose.
1: He's lucky he didn't die, to be honest,
0: because he got. I don't want to interrupt your story, but this sounds like a cartoon.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was. <laughs> well, we used to laugh about it. We were like, "How? Why? Why would you think that?" But anyway, this is this is sixty years, seventy, sixty-five years ago, kind of thing. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he got I don't know ten meters in, and then couldn't suck the air in because of the pressure difference uh and he was he was really lucky he didn't he didn't drown that day um he's able to get the rocks out and resurface in time but like that was just one of the crazy stories he he told and so i'd like i'd like to uh i'd like to go and sit down with him and and just talk about the past and and his life and so that would that would be the one piece of advice you know uh, go and go and talk to your your grandparents uh, and, and talk about their life and see, see all the crazy, wonderful things that they've done. And so you can, you can remember that when they pass.
0: Well, Jake, it's been a true honor and pleasure to have you here today. I think you have a remarkable story, and I think you have an even brighter future. So I'm looking forward to remaining friends and having you back on a year and seeing if you hit that 100,000 goal and those 10-plus team members.
1: Thank you very much, David. It's, uh, it's been really nice talking to you.
0: Oh, absolutely! Now, is there a, how would if someone wants to get a hold of you? I'm going to put links in the show notes. But what's the best way for whether it's personal or business? How can somebody reach you?
1: Uh, so, uh, if it's business, uh, you can head to gravitypdf.com and go to our contact form uh, and get in touch. Um, if it's personal, you can reach me on Twitter at Jake Jackson uh, ten and Uh, just send me a tweet uh, or a a direct message if it's uh, a bit more of a
0: personal nature. They're probably
1: two of the best ways to reach reach us.
0: Awesome. All right, Jake. Well, thank you very much for being here. To our listeners, if this has helped you, let us know. Uh, Please subscribe to the podcast, like it, put some comments in. And if it's something you can't give a five-star review to happily, shoot me an email. Go to our website at davidpasqualone.com and let me know what I'm doing, and we'll make it better. Again, we love you all. Keep listening, and uh, don't just listen, but do and repeat it for life. Thanks again, Jake. We wish you only the best, my friend. You too, David. The Remarkable People Podcast. Check it out. remarkable people podcast listen do repeat for life